Hello, hello, and welcome to Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Donette, known as the Fearless Living Coach and Career Reset Strategist. This podcast is for the woman needing inspiration, motivation, and empowerment as she steps into her purpose and power. Each week, through our special guests, our hope is that you will walk away ready to recommit to loving yourself a little bit more and step into your own truth. Our speakers, like the everyday woman, has experienced some type of hardship and have overcome adversity. Our speakers will speak directly to you and give you tips on how to step into your fabulousness as you create the life you were born to live, a life where you are free and happy. Are you ready? All right, everyone, we are live. Welcome back to another episode of Fearless Fridays with Marianne. I am your host, Marianne Rivera Dannert, known as the Fearless Living Coach and Career Research Strategist. So today I have an amazing guest with me, Ty. So I'm going to allow her to introduce herself and then we'll get started. So go ahead. Hi, Marianne. First of all, thank you so much for having me um, here today on the show. I appreciate I appreciate even you reaching out to me. I am Ty Thomas. I'm associate broker here at New Two Homes, a real estate brokerage in Rochester, New York. Our specialty is first time home buyers, but we are not limited to first time home buyers. We also do um, pre existing um, homes seasoned buyers, commercial properties. My husband sells a lot of churches. So we are a full service real estate brokerage here in Rochester, New York. Awesome. Awesome. So what got you into that industry? I always say my husband made me do it. Uh, You know, I don't like (laughs) saying uh, he forced me to do it. But the thing about it is I actually, my background is education. So when I graduated from college, my degrees in psychology, I was actually a preschool and a Head Start teacher. Oh, wow. Yes. And I went on to become a youth intervention counselor for the Urban League of Rochester, coordinator of the youth intervention program. Um, We worked in a couple of high schools and we worked with those students from seventh through 12th grade. So I was at the Urban League of Rochester, you know, minding my own business. And my husband opened the brokerage and I went on to get my real estate license. But I was doing both. I was juggling. And one thing about me and uh, I'm a Virgo. One thing about me, I like to give 100 percent to whatever I do. So I knew at some point I had to make a decision. I prayed about it for two years and the Lord kept telling me to leave the, you know, my job, my full time nine to five. I've been working since I was 14 years old. So I wasn't ready to work on commissions, but I said, Lord, that's not the right answer. That's not what I was looking for. (laughs) You know, he tells us things sometimes and then we, we want to disagree with him, but it was a couple of years and I decided, yes, I'm going to make that move. I'm going to take the leap and I'm going to go full time in real estate. And I have not turned back. It's been 14 years. Wow. Why do you think it took you two years to make the decision? Was there something that was holding you back? The main thing for me, like I said, was financial. I I wanted that, you know, guaranteed check. I wanted the the health insurance. I wanted the 401k. I wanted all of those luxuries of the nine to five. And I knew that as a realtor or an independent contractor and an entrepreneur, that I was going to have to work 10 times harder for myself and you know have to put those things in place on my own. So that was financial was the main reason for me. 
I don't think that I had a huge fear of because I had the support when I first got my real estate license license and I was working full part time. I actually had six people who worked at the Urban League at the time purchase homes just because I you know, obtained my license. So it wasn't the fear of me not succeeding or selling houses. It was more the financial, you know, the comfort of knowing that I had a check coming every week. So that was the thing for me. Yeah, I can definitely relate. When we know that we're getting that paycheck every two weeks, Mm -hmm. you know, that's more safe and keeps us in our comfort zone versus stepping out. Definitely. And and at the time, you know, and I what I tell most agents starting out, I had no safety. So I didn't have that, oh, save six months worth of salary and then do it and all those things. All the things we tell people to do and we know are the right things. That was the opposite of what I did. As a matter of fact, when my husband kept telling me, Chris kept telling me, you know, I want you to leave your job. And I never did it when he was asking me. So the day that I decided, I didn't even tell him I was going to do it. Oh, wow. Yes. So he called me on my lunch break and he's like, what are you doing? I said, oh, I just gave my two weeks notice. And he's like, what are you talking about? And I said, you told me to do it. He said, yeah, that was at that time. Not now. It's not a good time. I said, too late. Right. (laughs) Definitely stepping out in fear. That's awesome. Yes. Stepping out in faith, I mean. So as a woman and in this industry, what challenges, if any, have you faced? Oh, A huge one. I just reflected on this the other day. I was actually in a situation where, so at the time I was not a broker and I'll I'll go into what a broker is versus just um, a real estate agent. But at the time I was not a broker, but Chris and I have always worked hand in hand. So I am the enforcer. (laughs) He's the nice one. So I was following up with a client on a property that Chris had sold three times, but had not been paid because three seller, three buyers fell through. So okay. I'm simply following up. I send the most professional, loving email out to him, you know, asking when is he going to take care of payment and all of these different things. And I, I mean, he was so irritated for some reason that I was reaching out rather than Chris reaching out. And he said to me, you are not my broker. I have no business with you. I don't know what, you know, if you are having a bad day today, but do not address me and all these different things. So I read that email about 10 times and I was trying to see where I went wrong in the email. Mm -hmm. There was, there was nothing that I'd said that was unprofessional or any of those things. It was just that he did not want to deal with me. He basically wanted me to stay in the place of, okay, it's fine for you to be in the car with him when he comes to show the property. It's fine for you to do all those things, but it's not okay with me that you are checking me on a business level. Right. So, you know, that is, that is one of the things that as women in real estate, it was an industry that was predominantly white, a white male industry, but now women make up 63% of realtors according to the national association of realtors women are 63 percent. we're dominating the field of real estate you know we do an amazing job selling real estate but earning that respect when you're in the room or when you're in you're in a situation where you're going to get that listing different things like that had they've they've definitely been you know over the past 14 years, some things have changed a little, but they have definitely been a learning experience for me, a very, very um, 
eye-opening learning experience. So you have to know how to deal with them, how to talk with, you know, the talk their talk and walk their walk and all those different things and try to, we have to be 10 times better. And I always say that. And as a woman and as a black woman, a woman of color, I definitely have to be above reproach. I have to be professional at all times. I cannot, if I have a bad day, you know, I don't want to get labeled, you know? Right. Ty, that's Ty. She's yeah. the angry black. Well, I don't want to get labeled. So I always have to make sure that if I'm going to respond to someone and even if I am upset, I think about it, maybe sleep on it overnight and then respond. Wow. That's awesome. That's awesome. And that's, you know, it's so good that, you know, you didn't let the fact that you had that experience hinder you from continuing on. And you've been in the industry for 14 years now. Yes. Yes, yes. And and another thing I think as as a um as a black real estate brokerage, we face a lot. This is my pet peeve, like literally me saying this to you right now, it bothers me. When people ask, do we only sell houses in the urban areas? I my reactions in the past are haven't been, you know, it, they haven't been the best. I actually had a young lady walk up to me and say, you know, I ended up buying a house with someone else because this is how you reacted to me on the phone. But I had to explain to her, I always want to know why you're asking, why are they asking that? You know, right. why, why do I, why would it appear to you that we only sell houses in the city? You know, that's fine. I sell a lot of city properties, but we also sell homes on the outskirts and the suburban areas. But why do you think that? Do you think that because we're black? Do you think that because our office is located in the city? I always, now, instead of me answering that question, I say, well, I'm going to answer your question with a question. Why do you think that? Right. You know, mm -hmm. They never tell me why they actually think it. <laughs> right. <laughs> they normally say, oh, I don't know. I was just asking or things mm -hmm. like that. But it's just, you know, we are... In 2016, New Two Homes went platinum. That means we sold 100 homes. At the time, we only had three agents. Now there's eight of us, but we sold 100 homes. And working with first-time homebuyers is very... When I left Head Start and I went to work with first-time homebuyers, the only difference is they're adults. I have... We walk hand-in-hand. Hand. We, we start from credit to closing. So we literally walk them through the process, applying for grants, going to the bank, you know, oh, Ty, should I, should I buy this car? No, don't do it. Don't do it. You know, walking them hand holding, you know, we, we hand help, hold their hands through the process. So it is, it's, it's definitely harder to sell a hundred homes to a hundred first time home buyers versus people who come to you pre-approved. They have right. money in the bank, they're ready. So it has been a, you know, it's very rewarding though. But it is one of those things where when we see ourselves, if we're comparing and we're not comparing, because I always say new to you homes is the best because of what we do and what we offer the community. But if we're comparing, we're we're a full service real estate brokerage, similar to Keller Williams or Howard Hanna. But because we are independently owned and minority, they always assume we only sell houses in a certain area at a certain purchase price. That's unfortunately, that's unfortunate. But at the same time, those that come to you are meant to be your clients. Definitely. 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 Yes. We work with clients for, I think my longest client was with me for nine years before she purchased. Oh, wow. Yes. Wow. <laughs> nine years. <laughs> 
Nine years of Thai. I'm almost ready. I'm almost ready. <laughs> That's awesome. Um, tell us about a time where you had a plan or a vision for your life, but you had to pivot. And what were you doing and what did that process look like? I know you mentioned about um, the Urban League, but has there been something else? Oh, I've had a couple moments. I actually, in 2016, was diagnosed with colon cancer. Oh, wow. Yes. And uh, at that time, I was in denial. I was still trying to maintain my 24-7 <laughs> lifestyle of working. I would be at the office and I would have a doctor's appointment and Chris would pull up on the side of the building, beeping the horn like, are you kidding me? Why would you schedule a client? knowing that you have a doctor's appointment. So it for me, it was just so important to maintain my, um, I have a, I have a reputation of being on top of things. For me, it was just so important to continue to live a normal life. It was just important for me to continue to connect with clients and let them know that no matter what, I was still going to be there for them. Um, but I did have to slow down for a while. And I'll say instead, I slowed, I probably slowed down for two months. I was back in the, in the office trying to teach class, all of those things. And, and I did not, um, fortunately, I didn't have to go through chemo or radiation, but I did have to have a, you know, I did, I did have surgery and I was down for a, a good month. But I mean, when I was down, even for during my surgery, one of the loan officers that we work with, even she texts Chris and she said, what's wrong with Ty? And he's like, what are you talking about? She said, it's been over 24 hours and she did not respond to an email. Oh, my goodness. I know something is wrong. Wow. And at that time, he told her what was going on. And, and I think that was the only that was a time that I truly I kind of felt like, OK, my path is a little, you know, it's a little crooked, but I'm still going to get right back on the path. And, and that's what <laughs> I ended up doing. And I just thank God for that, that time. I did have some downtime to reflect and just think. When I came back, I was back, you know, I was stronger than ever. I was like, I'm going to live my best life. I'm going to help as many people as possible. And it was just, it's something that I just, you know, I thank God that, that, that it happened, that it actually happened and that I can live to tell the story and continue to, to live my life and to make a difference in the lives of other people. That's amazing. And that's, you know, a testament to your character and, you know, your integrity that you're still willing to be there for your clients mm -hmm. and, you know, definitely to God be the glory for your healing. Amen. 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 Yes, definitely. Yeah. So what keeps you motivated and inspired to keep going and not give up? Uh, well, like I mentioned, I, I am a Virgo. I am a perfectionist. I, 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 I'm, I get not so much bored easily, but I always have to have something going on. Even if it means that I am stressed out and overwhelmed, if I have nothing going on, I feel like a slacker. I literally walk around. If I have like two days where I do nothing, I feel guilty. I walk around telling my friends I'm a slacker. I'm, I have no goals. I don't know what I'm doing. Like, I don't know how to relax. I always have to have something going on. So that is kind of what motivates me. I have an internal drive. Mm -hmm. I always want to be accomplishing something or doing something different, or I don't know what it is. I literally, it's the reason why I can't sleep at night. I always have ideas. I'm <laughs> always, if someone said, Ty, what do you think? 
oh, here's an idea. I had, I thought about it. You know what I mean? I, I invent things. I say, Chris, what do you think about this invention? Oh, I want to have a home line of products. I, you know, I'm always doing something. So that's my drive. I just, I love, I don't know why it's a, it's a double-edged sword because I love being busy and then I get overwhelmed about being busy. Yeah, <laughs> I can definitely relate to that. I feel like I always have to be on the go. And before, you know, I finish one thing, I'm already planning the next. Mm -hmm. um, but do you take time to celebrate your accomplishments and reward yourself? Oh, my rewards are so minute, like steaming my face at night or <laughs> um, going to get a manicure. They're, they're small and normally I'm working in the midst of those rewards and that's not always a good thing. I don't have a lot of downtime, but I do a lot of self-care. So if I'm on FaceTime with my friends, they're like, man, you, you're always washing your face or steaming your face if you're at home or something. And I said, well, it's my time. I light a candle. Like that's my reward. I light a candle. I have a glass of wine. I steam my face. That's literally it. You know, and then I go back to the computer. So those are... <laughs> Or I eat something, you know, that I want to eat or, yeah. you know, I have my guilty pleasures like McDonald's French fries. They're the best. So I'll go get fries and I'll be like, oh, today I'm going to treat myself with fries. That's literally that's it for me. We we love to, uh, you know, to travel. But of course, we haven't traveled for a year and a half. But that's my, that's also my reward. I'm traveling. Okay. I can. Awesome. So I know that um, you have a book out. So tell us a little bit about your book and what um, prompted you to write that book? Yes. So I have a book that I've written. It's called The First Time Homebuyer's Handbook from Credit to Closing and Beyond. It's actually a culmination of my 14 years of experience and work in the industry of real estate. So I have so many, I, I, I've also been labeled as the resourceful person. So I am that person in my family. I'm that person for everyone. Literally people will say, oh, I was going to Google it, but I thought it would be quicker for me to text you. <laughs> So, <laughs> yes, it is. A, it, I'm telling you, it, it can be a gift and a curse. Yeah. So over the past 14 years, I've had so many questions about credit and preparation for, you know, preparing for a mortgage. And, you know, what do I need to do if what should I pay my cards down to? And what do I need to do about student loans? And what do I need to do? You know, what what's the process? what is the process to buy a home and sh should I budget? How much should I save? All of those different things. So I said, it took me about four years, four years. I was thinking about it. Four mm -hmm. years. I talked about it. Every time I traveled, I said, Oh, I'm going to start writing my book. I'm going to start writing my book. Never did. But COVID came, yeah. COVID came and COVID shut us down for about four months. We were not able to show homes in person, only virtually. Okay. So I was home. And I decided to turn my phone off for a couple days, not months or weeks. <laughs> I, you know, I, I was writing and then there were two days where I said, you know what, let me get it all written. So I did turn my phone off for two days. And I said to my clients, you can email me if it's an emergency. I don't know what an emergency would be for a realtor because I'm not, you know, I'm like, I'm not a firefighter, but I was, right. if it's an emergency, email me, but I'm writing. So when I did that, that was when I pulled together the first time homebuyers handbook. And it's a handbook. It's a journal 
they can literally document their whole entire process. There's budget sheets in here. There's everything. Even when you purchase your home, there's just tips on maintaining that home so that when you call me up to sell it, you know, I won't say, oh, wow, you moved in here 12 years ago and you didn't do anything. You didn't even, <laughs> you know, change the filters in your furnace. Right. So, you know, that's what this book is. It, it, it's a great tool. We teach classes on um, becoming a first-time homebuyer, but this book literally is something that you can carry around in your, in, in, in your, you know, your briefcase, your purse, and just, you know, kind of reference it. It's a reference book. I, I, I love it. I wish I had it when I was a first-time homebuyer because I knew nothing. You know, it talks about mortgages and everything. I, I literally sign papers and I say, oh, I bought a house. I don't even know what this means, you know? So it is, it's such a, and one of my industry, um, my lenders that I work with, she said, Ty, this really breaks things down in layman's terms. I can read the book. You're not using, I do have a glossary in here, but you're not, you're not using these huge words and they don't know how to relate. You know, it talks about credit scores. What score do you want to strive for? How do you get there? All those different things. So I really, really love that the, that I'm getting a lot of feedback about it being very easy to read. It's an easy read and it's a quick read. It's only about 90 pages. Awesome. That's awesome. Mm -hmm. So definitely I will be putting that information on the show notes so our viewers can hop over and grab a copy. That's awesome. awesome. Um, what advice would you give to women who are ready to break free and start creating and living the life that they deserve and desire? First, you have to picture what that life looks like for you. What does it really look like? You know, I was always, um, we would do this exercise. What's your perfect day? So once you picture your perfect day, then you kind of scale back from that. Okay, so if that's my perfect day, what do I have to do to get to that perfect day? I haven't gotten to my perfect day yet, but I know what my perfect day looks like. I know everything about it. I know, you know, what I'm going to eat for breakfast. I know, you know, I, I, all these different things about my perfect day. But, you know, first I would say, think about that and then kind of, you know, think about what you need to do to get to that. Is it, you know, financial freedom? Is it having more time with your children or your family? What is your absolute, what's, what's your, what do you see yourself? Where do you see yourself? What's your perfect spot, like that sweet spot, like, wow, now this is a spot where I have balance. This is a spot where I still have time to meditate, or I still have time to read scripture, or I still have time. You know, I feel like all of those things are so important. And as women, we do so much for everyone else and sometimes not ourselves. And we don't have a balance. I know right. I'm speaking for myself. We have no balance. And you can't create that perfect day and you can't see yourself where you want to be because you're dealing with everyone else's stuff. So, you know, which I'm learning to do this year. I started doing it last year, learning to say no. I know that there's so many women out there that don't say no. We say yes to everything. We say yes to our husbands and our children and we say yes to everyone on the job and we take we, we sit on every board and we do all these different things, but we have not left time for ourselves. And, and I'm guilty of that. So I, I would say, you know, just creating that day, creating that moment, seeing yourself where you want to be, seeing yourself where, you know, you have 
time for yourself. You have time for those things that you really want to do. You have hobbies that you don't have to just list on a piece of paper when you go get, you know, to a doctor. What are your hobbies? And you write them down. <laughs> you don't do any of those things. Oh, yeah. I knit and I do Zumba and I scrapbook, but I can't remember the last time I did that. You know what I mean? Right. So, um, that's, that's what I would, I would really, really say to women, you know, finding that perfect sweet spot for themselves. Yeah, that's so good because you're right. We are very quick to say yes to everything and everyone else except for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so can I get that pair of shoes? No. Why? Oh, because you have to do this, this, and this before you can reward yourself. You know what I mean? Right. Yeah. Yeah. That's so true. So what book recently have you read that has truly inspired you? So it's so funny. Um, I, Now, that's one question that I did look at ahead of time. <laughs> I don't... I don't I don't actually, and this may sound, I don't think it will sound bad. I don't actually read books. I read a lot of articles. I read a lot of um, real estate magazines. I read a lot. Most of my reading is done in the morning when I first pop open my eyes and I'm looking on my phone, I'm scrolling and I'm looking at the news and I'm like, oh, these are things that, you know, it might be something about appraisals or something related to my field. So those are normally things that I read. I don't, that's literally all the time that I have to read. I don't ever have the time to sit and say, I'm going to read this. I feel like there's magazine articles that I don't get through. And I say, I'm going to come back to this. I have, I have a magazine in my vacation bag from a year and a half ago. And I was reading this article and I still haven't finished the article. <laughs> Lord, help me, Jesus. I'm telling you. That is so funny. <laughs> so what are you currently loving right now? What's currently bringing you joy and happiness? Oh, we are currently renovating our home. Oh, nice. We've been, yes, we've been in our house for 17 years. And at the time when we purchased the home, it was a model home. But there's so many things after being in real estate that you ask, why did they do this? Why is there gold mixed with silver? And what? I thought this house was amazing, but now it's just so dated and I got to get out of here. No. So it's like, <laughs> love it or list it. We are right. loving it. We are, I mean, everything from light fixtures to flooring to carpet, we're ripping up everything. So it starts, I, this, this is the way I've described it to people. It starts like gel when you get a gel manicure and it starts peeling and you start ripping, you know, kind of pulling it back. And then right. all of a sudden you're like, why did I do that? So you just pull all the gel off of all the fingers. That is what we're doing at our home right now. When I say we had someone come pick up all the furniture, like we, and now furniture because of COVID is behind till like June. So I have empty rooms and I'm fine with that. But this is one of the things that we're doing right now. And actually, you know, I said 17 years must be, just the sweet spot in general, because Chris and I are actually agreeing on things like, oh, this is the carpet that we want. These these are the lighting fixtures. And except for chandeliers, like I would put a chandelier in every room, but he told me <laughs> that that's absolutely no. not for him. It's a no for him. You know, he, he, he said no to that. So this is one of the things where I can walk through different homes. I'm like, oh, I want to do that. And I'll take a picture or a video and I'll say, man, I really want to do this backsplash. So that that's bringing me joy right now. That's awesome. That's amazing. Well, congratulations on that. That's a big Thank achievement to be able Thank to do that. So, much. so I know you mentioned a little bit about self-care. So but let's talk about travel. Because mm. I know you love to travel and unfortunately haven't traveled recently. Yeah. Um, but what has been like your most favorite vacation and where would you travel to again? 
So for 17 years, we went to Jamaica every single year. Last year was my first year not going to Jamaica. So I am literally like I'm in my feelings about not (laughs) being able to go to Jamaica. Jamaica was like our second home for a minute. And neither one of us, you know, we don't we don't have any family in Jamaica or anything like that. We just we love it. It's comfortable for us. But recently, the past four years, we've been going to Thailand. Nice. Not sure. I'm not even sure what prompted us the first time we went to Thailand, but the first time we went, we loved it. Um, I think one of the things that I love because I don't get much self-care in the United States is that their massages are like $5. So literally I get a massage every single day when I'm there, whether it's a foot massage or a full body massage. We went went in 2019 and we stayed for a month. Nice. Yes. So I, I'm kind of missing Thailand. I miss Jamaica. But one of my favorite vacations, breathtakingly beautiful, it's like a postcard, was Greece, Santorini. That's on my the list. Pictures, yeah, the pictures that you see are exactly, we got there, when we arrived, it was nighttime. So I couldn't see a lot. But we woke up in the morning and I blinked four times. I laid back down in the bed and I got back up again. I thought literally I was dreaming. That's how beautiful Santorini, Greece was. So I definitely want to go back. My brother-in-law is from there and he hasn't even been able to travel home the past year and a half or so. So I love going with, I love going places where I know someone who's from there. So they can order the food that I'm supposed to yeah. eat. And they can tell me what I'm supposed to do. I, we love you know, like literally immersing ourselves in the culture, in the learning culture. a little bit of the language before we go. So I, I love everything about traveling. I feel like I'm stuck in America right now. I do. Yeah, mm-hmm. I agree. I agree. I think you've been, well, you got me beat because I've been to Mexico eight times and I am missing my Mexico. Yeah, see, Mexico. Oh my gosh, you have a favorite restaurant and a favorite drink, and it's everything. Oh, please, Lord Jesus, I can't wait to travel again. Yeah, Yeah. have you have you ever watched the movie Eat Pray Love? Yes. So for me, my Eat Pray Love, my eats will be Greece. Okay, that's where I want to go, and my prey will be Thailand. Okay, and my love will be France. That's my e pray love. Oh, I love it. I've never been to France. That is on my list. I definitely want to go to France. Definitely. That's awesome. That's awesome. So that leads us into the next question. 2021 is upon us. So what are you looking forward to? I know you have some exciting things going on with your house remodel and things like that, but what are you really looking forward to in 2021? In 2021, I'm just looking forward to becoming a better Thai. I feel I have this little quote where I say, you know, each day we should be doing a tad bit better than we did the day before. I tell it to my siblings. They get so annoyed with me. I'm the oldest of six. They get so annoyed. And, um, you know, my friends say, you're going to tad bit us to death. But I'm like, seriously, every day you should be doing a little bit better than you were doing the day before. Yeah, that's awesome. I love that. Yeah. And I'm just looking forward to I'm always looking for a way to just develop my brand. And, you know, of course, at the end of the day, 
you know, we all want success, but what does success look like? Success is going to get me to my perfect day. You know, my husband says he wants to be a kept man. He wants to stay home and all that stuff. So I guess I'm, you know, I'm going to have to do that one day, one of these days, but he has a lot more work to do before we get to that point. But, um, (laughs) but, but I definitely am just looking, I just look forward to always not reinventing myself, but just always being better every single day. Like there's something that when I say being better, people are like, that's impossible. But no, there's one day that I can do a little bit better with time. I can do a little bit better with how I responded to people. I can do a a bit better with, I don't, I don't know, just everything, just everything. There's, I just feel there's always room. You know, sometimes we get to a point where we think we can't learn anything else, but every single day, you know, those, those memes that say, how old were, how old were you when you learned this? <laughs> it's like today, <laughs> I was this age. So I feel like every day I find out something like that. Like what? Right. <laughs> what? So, you know, that's what I'm looking forward to just being a better tie right now. I'm in the midst of, it's still the first quarter. So I'm in the midst of my branding for the year. You know, last year I did I had the book and I had this red dress and I'm so tired of the red dress. So doing new, you know, doing photo shoots and getting my new headshots out and my rebranding and all of those different things. And um, those are things just being better, just being a better, you know, being having time. The time that I told you I don't have having time to read, having time to pray, having time to have praise and worship, you know, all of those different things. Definitely. Awesome. I love it. I love it. So we are getting ready to wrap up. And I like to end by asking all of my guests the same question. When you hear fearless living, what does that mean to you? To me, fearless living means being bold and being and not being afraid to try things. So a lot of times we're afraid of rejection. We're afraid that if we put something out there, I always say people aren't picking up what you're putting down. But people don't have to always pick up with your what you're putting down. You know, it there's always going to be someone out there, even if it's one person. I realize that even if I touch one person by a post that I put up or a, you know, if even if I touch one person with my book, that's one person that I touched. So I think just being able to put yourself out there and not be afraid. I, I know that my biggest fear is always <laughs> not doing a tad bit better. And waking up next year and being in the same exact place that I am in this year. There's nothing wrong with where I am at now, but I know that God has greater for me. Mm, I love he has that. greater for everybody. Yeah, mm-hmm. that's so good. I love that. Well, thank you very much for taking time to be here with us today. Mm-hmm. And definitely just everything that you've done has just been a true blessing. So thank you for being here with us today. Thank you for having me. I enjoyed this conversation so much. It was, oh, the, it was the best part of my day. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. You are very welcome. All right, everyone. We hope that you truly enjoy um, listening to Ty. And please be sure to check the show notes so you can find out more about her and grab a copy of her book, especially if you are a home to, uh, first-time home buyer. And again, as always, remember that you are a priority, you matter, and you are loved. Until next time. Thank you so much for tuning in. We hope that podcast was beneficial to you. Be sure to click on the subscribe button, leave us a comment and share. We look forward to connecting with you. 
at our website, MarianneRiveraDannert.com, or you can find us on Facebook at the Fearless Living Coach page. Remember that you are fearless and fabulous, you are a priority, and you matter. Until next time. Hi, I'm Kelly. And I'm Kelly. The host of Getting Real with Bossy, the real, raw, and honest podcast about small business ownership. We created Bossy to be a safe place to ask the hard questions and to get support that's necessary. With our experience, nine businesses in over 25 years, we continue to bear it all and share what we wish we had known. We move past the must-be-nices and start getting real. Come along as we interview small business owners and get the true story. Leave with another tool for the next time you feel alone on this journey. Business ownership leads to unexpected knowledge. What are you an expert at? Tell us at Getting Real with Bossy and subscribe today.